1: Hello there, more of the ATL show, your every man's dream <laughs> on sports radio,
2: 92.9 the game.
3: Welcome back in to the ATL show live from the Kia studios, start of hour number three, and I've still got two and a half hours to go before we hand things off. To the pregame show for the Atlanta Hawks as they host the Toronto Raptors tonight. And I thought this would be a good time to go out to the wadeford.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer, and bring in injury expert Will Carroll. There's a lot of questions that I think are going to impact the Falcons uh, both in the offseason but certainly in-season as well. A couple of questions that are going to impact today's NFC title game and uh, another variety of questions I do have for Will. So I wanted to bring him on and uh, let's do so now. First off, Will, how are you doing on this Sunday afternoon?
2: I'm doing great. I mean, we got big football games. We got theoretically some baseball getting ready to start in just a couple of weeks. It's a good time of uh, the sports calendar.
3: It certainly is. So so let me start here because obviously a lot of Falcons fans have, have keyed on the idea of bringing in Kirk Cousins as a veteran free agent quarterback. And He's coming off a very severe injury for anyone, but certainly for anyone above the age of 35. So a two-part question They start you off here, Will. Uh, Kurt Cousins, uh, do you feel like he can get back to being 100% of the player that he was at his age before he suffered this injury? And then part two of that, how close to training camp do you think it'll get before
2: he has no limitations at all? You know, what we've seen is there have been such changes in both the surgery and in the rehab for Achilles ruptures like what he had. I think mean, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers likes people talking about Aaron Rodgers. Was he ever going to come back? Well, it was going always going to be close because of the technique he had, which is called tightrope, but uses a, a Kevlar-like uh, thread to hold everything together. Uh, and you can come back in about six months from that. We've seen it over and over for about the last five years. It was really kind of the Kobe Bryant, uh, the dearly departed uh, Kobe Bryant, who was kind of that, that demarcation when Neil Elatrash really changed the technique, and now we're seeing that change even more. So nine months is where you're, you're normally targeting being back. Normally six months is pushing it, but possible. So having it there uh, in November – Makes, being ready for the start of the season, it's really possible. The other thing you have to remember is you've got to think about function. Uh, Kirk Cousins wasn't a mobile guy to begin with. You know, if you're a a mobile quarterback uh, like a Kyler Murray who has an ACL injury, it's going to affect you a lot more than somebody like a Cousins or a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning. So I think he has every chance to come back. The question is, Why? Why do the Falcons want a bridge quarterback at this stage? Uh, This is a team that's got some talented pieces and parts. They just don't have the quarterback. They've made some poor selections. Guys haven't developed like they thought. Uh, I'll be curious to see which way they go. If they go with just a bridge guy, the way that the the Colts did for a number of years with Philip Rivers and then a bunch of guys that didn't work out at all, uh, that's what you're facing. You've got to have something behind it. You've got to have a bridge guy to build to somewhere. And there might be a situation
3: where it's best of both worlds. Maybe you draft a guy. Uh, early second round or late first round if you trade back up and use Cousins and kind of develop in that way. The way we see have seen it work with, as you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers and, of course, Jordan Love, who had an outstanding, not a rookie season, but first full season as starter there for the Packers. It is Will Carroll, an injury expert. You follow him on Twitter, at Injury Expert, joining us today. Uh, another guy that's going to impact the Falcons, Will, is Kyle Pitts. And there was a lot of disappointment here in Atlanta about his season this past year, and we knew he was coming back from a knee injury, and it came out after. And there are times throughout the season where a lot of people are like, hey, "It doesn't look right. Something's off with him." Yeah. Beyond just the performance, it comes out after the season. We had all heard about the MCL repair. It comes out that there was a PCL uh, issue that had to be repaired as well. How much more limited? might Kyle Pitts have been than we knew about having both the MCL and PCL as opposed to just
2: one? This is the curious one. I always hate it when you get something afterwards because it's always an excuse. It didn't go well. But with MCLs, uh, it's unusual to repair them. And and by repair, we usually mean reconstruct. Um, Ligaments, you just don't sew them back together the way you do with tendons. So PCLs are unusual. MCLs normally you don't even repair them. Guys, uh, I think back to Adrian Peterson who had his ACL, MCL, and meniscus torn, uh, and came back very, very quickly and very, very well. But they never repaired the MCL. The you know there's other stabilizers in there. Uh, it doesn't tend to heal that well. So I'm very curious what they actually did in there. But you're right. He never got the confidence back. Uh, you know Atlanta has good doctors. He had a good surgeon. So, I don't understand what's off. Normally, it's confidence rather than any sort of failure of the surgery. And they just haven't been able to make Pitts the weapon everybody expected when they drafted him.
3: Let's take a look at a couple players who are going to be kicking off at about 6.30 when the NFC title game gets going. Certainly, it was listed as 50-50 for Debo Samuel, a shoulder injury. They're saying that there's no limitations. What are the concerns, ah. though, for Debo who's a guy, he loves to play into contact. He's that type of tough, physical guy that likes to make his presence known. How can there possibly be no limitations on his game considering the injury and he was 50-50 midweek?
2: Okay, let's be very clear. I say this almost every time I come on with you, Abe. The NFL's injury report is not about limitations. It's not even about injuries. It's about availability. So no limitations means he's available to play. He's ready to go. Does it mean he's not hurting? Does it mean he can do everything? He had an AC sprain. They've been very, very cautious about this. Uh, and an AC sprain comes in a lot of degrees. Uh, you know, the, you can have a severe one like Anthony Richardson did. Had to have it reconstructed. They put it together uh, again with that same kind of Kevlar uh, suture tape. Uh, that they use, or you'd have a situation like David Carr earlier in the season where he he came out of one game, came back the next week and looked just fine. You know, it's a matter of degree of that little thick ligament that goes in between the shoulder and the collarbone. So, is you know, can you shoot it up? Yeah, that's not the best thing to do, Uh, you know, but uh, he can certainly get out there and – it's tougher receiver to wear a harness to hold that in place so I think he's just confident that he can go out there and play and let's face it what they always say if this was the playoffs well it is the playoffs and uh, these guys want to get back to the the Super Bowl Will Carroll, injury
3: expert joining me we already talked about Kirk Cousins and the potential that he'll be ready for week one also Kyle Pitts and and, and kind of Uh, facing a little bit more than maybe some of us had expected. But continuing on the NFC title game, we just mentioned Debo Samuel, but there's a stud rookie on the other side of the ball, uh, or excuse me, on the other team. Sam Laporta, uh, there was real fear that he was going to miss there, the Lions opener with the knee injury. He is able to go, looked pretty good in game one, uh, but you still feel he wasn't quite there himself. Uh, Now you've got another week removed, another week of rest. How much closer to 100 percent, do you think he's going to feel today? I don't think
2: he is. Uh, watching him last week, uh, the thought is, and they haven't again. They haven't said this. The thought was, it's an MCL sprint. Uh, and you can play through this. But the you know, if it's not completely stable, uh, then it's problematic. He wasn't cutting hard on that knee. There were a couple instances where he made an awkward move, and you could tell that he was just a little unstable. It gave way one time, and the fact that they brought in Zach Ertz. Guy who just he hasn't had a good season and a couple certainly has playoff experience. I think they've they realize they're not going to be able to play him quite as much. That there's a chance this isn't going to go. So why not uh, use one of those uh, roster spots on a guy like Ertz uh, as an insurance policy? So yeah, I think we'll see basically the same player we saw last week. You just hope it doesn't get worse in game.
3: Obviously, would be a huge loss for either team. The Niners if. Debo Samuel is limited more than uh, they have led on, and certainly for the Lions if Laporta is limited uh, because he's been a big part of that Jared Goff-led offense. Continuing here, uh, Will, I got one question I prepped you for and one I didn't. Let's start with the one you're aware of. And you mentioned at the start that baseball is right around the corner, pitchers and catchers reporting coming up in a couple of weeks. Chris Sale uh, added to the Braves rotation in the offseason. This is a guy that's coming off of a shoulder injury. Uh, he missed a good portion of the year for the Red Sox a year ago. So how impacted was he when he returned at the end of last season? And then how much stronger do you think he can be coming into spring training this season?
2: Yeah, I always question anytime somebody says stronger in Chris Sale because he's just so, he's so thin. He's got such an odd body, um, but he, he throws really hard. And we've seen a number of pitchers have this same kind of injury. Um, you know, Jacob deGrom had it. They all seem to come back from it well, and it doesn't recur. So uh, we've got to hope that this is in a situation uh, where it is. But he's at the end of his career. He just did not stay healthy when he was in Boston, kind of in the reverse of what he did with Chicago. So Atlanta has a good medical staff uh this is a very cheap gamble for them um and if if he can go out there and get you know 20 good starts that's a win
3: all right well final question here uh this happened last night and i was just kind of thinking and and it got me wondering julius Randle, uh of the new york knicks forward dislocates his shoulder after taking a hard Mm, fall um How much different is that injury in basketball because you're doing so much uh, work above your head? Yeah. Does that matter as compared to baseball or football where the majority of the work might be not raising the shoulder but
2: pushing or pulling? Yeah, that's a great question, and the answer is it depends. You know, dislocations are one of the most painful things ever. If you've ever dislocated your finger – it kills. It absolutely kills. I remember uh, as a high school quarterback, uh, I hit my my finger on a guy's helmet. It, it popped out of place. I was screaming. I ran to the sidelines. The coach popped it back in. I realized I had run to the wrong sideline. I was in so much pain. Uh, dislocated shoulders. I've never had one, but I've seen them. They hurt. You can pop them back in. The question is whether there's any soft tissue damage. You know, the pain goes away once those nerves stop being stretched Or compressed. The question is, are there any sort of ligament or tendon, or or even labrum problems, as it slams back in there? The shoulder is not supposed to move in the way it did, uh, you know, obviously by the force of that fall. So the question is, is there swelling? Is there any damage? You know, strains and sprains in there? Are the muscles going to swell up? So lots of things going on there. And oh my God, did he catch that? Wow. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> I, I'm watching the same thing you
3: did. I, now, we're not allowed to give out play-by-play here, Will, but I, I can mention Taylor that. Taylor
2: Swift is really happy right now. Yeah, yeah, there, there's a little bit of that going on. Let, let me... <laughs> yes, it comes down to what was damaged when it moved out of place. So, uh,
3: I want to go back to the very first question I asked you in regards to Kirk Cousins, and I know you can't give me like a 100 declarative answer here, but but just yeah. for Falcon fans to hear this from you, an injury expert that has studied sports injuries and timelines and stuff like that, is there a real chance that Kirk Cousins, even without any setbacks as he ramps back up, would not be ready week one? Um,
2: let me put... And I don't need cab- you to yeah. put a
3: percentage on it. I yeah. just... I mean, are we looking at the likelihood that we end up paying this dude and he's not able to go at the start
2: of the season? Well, you know, you can end up with – anybody can, can go out. We all saw that with Rodgers this year. Uh, you wouldn't think that's going to happen again. Though then again, Atlanta fans know what the situation with Mike Soroka a couple of years ago with his Achilles. Uh, so there's no reason to think that. You know, there's – by the time they sign him and he passes a physical, they're going to have a very, very good indication of where he is. He's probably walking around. He's definitely rehabbing. Uh, I think at this point, uh, and as they get towards the, the combine and you start looking at who are you going to bring in, yeah, they'll, they'll have a very good uh, level of confidence on when and why he's going to be back. There you have it, Will Carroll.
3: Appreciate your time today. Also appreciate you're watching the exact same game that we are here <laughs> on ninety two nine. The game. Thanks so much, man. We look forward to chatting with you. Uh, I'm sure uh, moving forward. Always enjoy it, Abe. Interesting stuff there, and and it actually got me thinking about one other aspect of this Kirk Cousins thing. Is there a world where he doesn't head to free agency because he's concerned about the physical, and, and, and is that process the same for the Vikings as it would be for any of the outside teams? that are interested in him. Just something to consider. But Will actually did make me feel a little bit better because one of my big concerns is we pay Kirk Cousins a gajillion dollars and, like, it's week five and we're like, next week he'll be QB1. I'm like, well, that's a problem. (laughs) We can't have that. If he's going to be here, we're going to pay him 40 mil. He better be suiting up week one. That's all I'm saying. I'd be very frustrated if that is not the case. All right. When we come back, we'll let you know exactly what happened in the AFC title game from a number of different aspects. Uh, It is 7-0. I'll tell you more on the other side. We'll also get into how one rebuild worked and one didn't. That's what else is coming up on the ATL Show. 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey App.
4: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: The weekend sports talk rolls on.
3: It's the ATL show.
0: Yeah, Sports Radio 929
1: The Game.
3: trying to catch my breath watching this AFC title game. We talked about it a little bit when we previewed it, myself and Dom. And again, welcome back. It is the Abe TL Show. I'm your host, Abe Gordon. I got Dom Trosky here with me. And uh, a little update in case you were wondering exactly what Will Carroll uh, felt the need to hesitate and pause his response to a question on. Uh, We do have a touchdown in the AFC title game. It was uh, Travis Kelsey from Patrick Mahomes, 19 yards. And uh, more recently, we had a fourth down at their own 35 or 36-yard line for the Ravens, fourth and one. Uh, but Lamar Jackson sprints through a hole and, and finds big yardage. And uh, so we are 7 nothing Chiefs with the Ravens holding the ball. That's about as much as an update as I'm going to give you right now. You have to stay tuned. We'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep you in the know. Don't worry about it. But – uh, some interesting stuff there. Uh, a lot still to cover here on the ATL show. Again, uh, I'm with you for just over two hours still, uh, taking you all the way to 530. It feels like it's been a marathon. I would know. I've run got one. got a whole another so show to do. <laughs> we're, we're, I, I got plenty of topics here. Uh, and you guys, the listeners, the callers, the tweeters, the texters, made it easy with a discussion we were having in the first half of the show. And maybe we'll dive back in if I have some time. Uh, a couple of interesting topics still to come. I, I do – Still want to get into this Trey Young situation. He should be an all-star starter, and he is not. I'll tell you why it's got me so frustrated and ticked off. Uh, In about 30 minutes, 35 minutes, we are going to go outside the perimeter. Obviously, that's the part of the show where I kind of dive into some of the uh, national sports stories, headlines, and topics uh, that I want to discuss. Obviously, we're going to have an NFC game preview, similar to the AFC game preview. Uh, And coming up in about 15 minutes, I went in for a handshake. I was given a fist bump, and we needed to figure out who was in the right and who was in the wrong, and uh, maybe get some manner lessons, some etiquette help, uh, either for me or for someone else. We're going to find that out. Uh, I got I got to get to the bottom of this, and we'll do that uh, with Dom's help here in about 15 minutes. But I, I want to break down, and I talked about this. I've been teasing it uh, for a little bit. The Detroit Lions are playing in the NFC title game. Um uh, in what time does that game start? 6.30. In, in about three hours. The Detroit Lions are, are going to be taking the field four quarters away from the Super Bowl. And the question is, they started a rebuild in 2020. And if the year 2020 and new head coach sounds familiar, that's the same time Dan Quinn was fired. How are they where they are? And how are the Falcons where they are? And and look, I'm not going to get into the specifics of the mistakes the Falcons made. But just know that mistakes were made, okay? And the Falcons are now restarting a rebuild. Fired head coach, new head coach, new coordinator, blah, 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 okay? And so they are restarting that whole process that the Lions knocked out of the park starting in 2020. And so let's get into it. Because in 2020, the Lions go 5-11. and 11. That's where their buildup begins. So what do they do? GM Brad Holmes and head coach Dan Campbell. If those names sound familiar, it's because that's who's leading the team onto the field today in the NFC title game. Brad Holmes in the front office, Dan Campbell in the uh, head coaching role. And by the way, um, Brad Holmes has been given the ability to do his job and he has done it well, and that's what's got me excited about the situation now with the Atlanta Falcons and Terry Fontenot. Okay, so let's start here. In the 2021 season, they finish three and thirteen with one tie. I almost said draw. Going back to uh, the old, the old Atlanta yeah. United commentary yeah. yesterday, three thirteen and one, last place in the NFC North. Okay, before that season, which Quite obviously, did not go well, but in the 2021 offseason, trade for quarterback Jared Goff, draft Penae Sewell, seventh overall, a starting cornerback whose name I'm not going to try and pronounce in the third round, and Amon Ross St. Brown in the fourth round. You want me to try and pronounce it? Is that that what that look was? was Ifiatu Melifonwu. 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 Yeah, so it's Ifiatu
0: Melifonwu. Anyways,
3: you'll see him today. (laughs) He's a starting cornerback for the Detroit Lions. So, look, they they had three guys in the initial draft with Brad Holmes and Dan Cable that are mainstay starters. They traded for their quarterback. That's what they did in their very first offseason. Okay? Aaron Glenn comes in as D.C., Anthony Lynn is offensive coordinator. Ben Johnson joins the staff as tight end coach. All right? This is all before the season. They start that year 0-10-1. All right? Not going well. They finish going 3-3. and Build up a little bit of momentum. Again, not a great season. 3-13-1. All right. They end up with the second overall pick. In the 2022 year, what do they do? Okay? And just to remember, first pick in 2021, their first chance to rebuild, Panay Second pick, the 2022 season, both their second number one overall pick, or, 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 or not number one, but their second first round pick overall, Aiden Hutchinson, who was the number two overall pick. Maybe you've heard his name a little bit this year. You'll see him out there as well. Uh, also in the first round, they go 12 overall, Jamison Williams. Anthony Lynn departs and Ben Johnson's named offensive coordinator. Okay. It's in Jared Goff's second year. They start the season one and six. And you might remember this. They rattle off eight of their last 10, and they miss the playoffs on the final game of the season. This is a year two of a rebuild. Year two, where they go nine and eight. They finish second in the NFC North, and they miss the playoffs in week 18. And now we go to this past season. Their number one draft pick is Jameer Gibbs. They take Sam Laporta and Brian Branch in the second round. Are you noticing a trend here, guys? First and second round picks along the line and at skill positions are all impact starters. All of them. They also added in free agency. So here's the point, right? You're nine and eight. You miss the playoffs by a game. You continue on the draft to build. Here's what else you do in free agency. When it's time to go win, you go get guys that can win. They add CJ Gardner Johnson. They add David Montgomery. And they add Graham Glasgow. They go this year 12 and five. They win the NFC North. And right now they are standing in San Francisco, four quarters away potentially from a Super Bowl berth. So, just to recap quickly, because we're talking about a Lions rebuild that started at the exact same time the Falcons rebuild did. Well, the last one. We're now starting a new one, 2020. So, how do they go from 5-11 and 11 and 3-13-1 to the NFC title game? By the way, by the way, Dom, in a pretty tough division, in a division that at the time has MVP Aaron Rodgers, and at the time has a, a, a t- you know whatever tier you want to put them in, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, and a pretty good front on the Vikings, it's not the easiest division to have a turnaround in. It wasn't;
0: they weren't. He wasn't
3: coaching not in the, the, the NFC South, South is yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> so what do they do? They find their quarterback first. Business: find your quarterback. Same thing we're trying to do here. Who do they go with? It's Jared Goff. Build the offense around his talents. That's what they did. Secondly, every single first-round pick has been effective. Again, I'll run through their last three first picks. Panay Sewell, Aiden Hutchinson, Jameer Gibbs. Guys, home run, home run, home run. All three of them. You do not miss on your first-round picks. I'm not saying I, our guys are total bums, but there's a big difference between Panay Sewell and Aiden Hutchinson
0: and Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I mean, Sam Laporta has more touchdowns this year I mean, than he was in the second round. has his entire year. Uh, they career. did also do well in deeper in the draft. And
3: then, as we mentioned, when it's time to win, when you feel you turn the corner, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Graham Glasgow, David Montgomery in free agency. Guys, we're back to step one here, right? But there is a path to follow what the Lions have done. We are right back to step one. What I say their step one was, as soon as they got their new head coach and offensive staff in place, what do they do? Find a quarterback. Now, obviously the situations are different. You're dealing with different regimes, the end of the, the Matt Stafford era, all, whatever, whatever. Go through it all you want. What did they do? identify a quarterback that could be their guy to build around. They go out and find him and build around him. Step one. What are we talking about here in Atlanta? That is step one. Step two, get your draft picks to be impact players. Specifically, the first two draft picks they made on the offensive and defensive line. I don't know how many times you need to look at the four teams that are still playing today. Ravens, league leader in sacks. Chiefs, second in the AFC in sacks. We just sat here and talked about Aiden Hutchinson. You know what you got going on with Nick Bosa and the Niners. Get someone who makes a difference on the line. They needed that in Aiden Hutchinson, and they did that. That has made a huge difference for the Detroit Lions. Build in the trenches. Use your draft picks to get that done. And so the question now is, can the Falcons recreate what the Lions have done under Raheem Morris? For a number of reasons, I think yes. For a number of reasons. One, I don't think the Falcons are as lowly as the Lions were when they started. I don't think they're even anywhere close. I, I think a quarterback jumps you up so much further than the Lions were at the start of their rebuild. That doesn't mean you're perfect. We went through that. But between that and the fact that you're doing it in the NFC South, which could be winnable immediately, should be winnable immediately. It should have been last year or whatever. Um, I, think it, I think there is a real opportunity here that if you do what the Lions did, even if you just do step one, even if you just get the quarterback, go from there, and then you could build in free agency or the draft – to fill the holes that you need to fill, but when you look at these two teams, the Lions and the Falcons, they started the rebuild at the same time. One is playing for an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. One's got their third straight top ten pick. Is it four straight? Three of them were number eight. Now I'm yeah, confused. I say
0: four. Four, four
3: top straight 10. top ten picks. One of them was in the top five and new head coach looking for a new quarterback, all of this stuff. Still don't have a pass run. I mean, again, we don't need to run down the mistakes that were made, but there is a path to build to a contender in a three-year window. The Lions have shown that you can make it in a two-year window, potentially even one, if Raheem Morris, Terry Fontenot, Zach Robinson, and whoever else joins the staff gets it right. That's why I'm optimistic, guys. There's a path to winning. And it ain't going to take the three years the Lions took. Two years, maybe even less. That's where I'm at in regards to the Atlanta Falcons. All right, when we come back, I got to dive into this question. I need a little etiquette help. I'm going to ask you. You can share some thoughts on Twitter. I'm going to ask Dom as well. That's coming back here in about five minutes. Plus, we'll get you an update on the AFC title game. There's been another touchdown. We'll tell you who and what the score stands at now. When we come back, it is the TL show coming to you live from the Kia studios, sports radio, nine, two, nine, the game and the Odyssey app.
2: Back to Abe Gordon with the TL show.
1: Believe it on sports radio, 92, nine, the game.
3: Welcome back in, 92.9 The Game, the ATL show here. I think we've actually passed the halfway point of this show, so how about that? Taking you again all the way up to 5.30, just over two hours left. Uh, Excuse me, just under two hours left here uh, as we hand things off to the Atlanta Hawks. If you're looking for the AFC title game, I will tell you exactly what's going on here in just a moment. But if you want the radio play-by-play of that game, Uh, You can find it on WAOK 1380. Certainly, it'll be easier if you're on that Odyssey app. You can find it right there. I I mentioned that we would get you an update. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson down seven after a fourth and one from your own 35, scrambles around and gets the first down. A couple plays later, he evades the Chiefs' pass rush for 7.57 seconds before finding Zay Flowers open deep, a a breakdown in coverage. I don't blame the coverage. Like, bro, you can't have me chasing this guy around for seven and a half seconds. Come on, man. Uh, But so he ties the game up, Lamar Jackson 30 yards to Zay Flowers. Um, And we may have another update in in a moment because the Chiefs are right back after it. They are on – they're not on the goal line per se. They're inside the five, though, looking – to uh tack on another touchdown. We'll we'll see how that plays out. Patrick Mahomes has been a wizard yeah. already. Like, like that's not a surprise. Like I thought the Chiefs' offense was supposed to suck. That's what I was told. <laughs> but uh Isaiah Pacheco is running hard. That's not surprising. Um Travis Kelsey is beating the Ravens. That's not surprising. And Patrick Mahomes is 13 of 14, by the way. The one incompletion was a dropped pass. It was tight coverage, so you know, whatever. Um He's already topped 100 yards and uh, earlier got that touchdown. Pacheco, by the way, uh, does walk into the end zone. So, the Chiefs offense, and we talked about this, Dom. We talked about this. This is not uh, an offense you thought wanted to be in a high-scoring game, but so far, I guess we'll just put it out there. Top head coach candidate Mike McDonald. (laughs) Top head coach candidate Anthony Weaver. Having a tough time. Yeah. I don't think there's too much for them to be uh, complaining about. Patrick Mahomes is simply a wizard, and he's done it on a couple of plays. Uh, he he did it on a fourth down play to Travis Kelsey. He did it uh, a couple of minutes ago on another screen. I mean, it was just one of these things where he's the only guy in the NFL, and we've talked about it. We've seen it. The arm angles, the field vision, the elusiveness that isn't, Scrambling and running, but moving around and extending plays. Yeah. There's just things to his game that not only can no one do all of them, there are things to his game that not other anyone. Yeah, like, like no one throws the arm angles that he throws with. I,
0: no one in the league. Yeah. Some have some creative stuff. Absolutely. I get th- no one uses all of them. I also think that like you spoke about his elusivity. Like I don't I don't know how many times I watch Patrick Mahomes and say like that should have been a sack. And like, it's not because he, like you said, is a wizard. The way he finds a way to get an angle where he can just make the defender miss, where he can pull away just at the right time and pick up that. And
3: it's also about the ability to throw using yep. those
0: creative angles yep. while being contacted.
3: There are throws I've already seen him make today that quite simply – if you use a traditional arm angle it's going to be underthrown be- because of the contact and you you're getting bumped or pushed back whatever he just finds a way and obviously sure a lot of that has to do with the baseball background and over the top sidearm under whatever you want. but it's just it's just stuff that he does that no one else can do and again i'm not suggesting the chiefs are the best team in the NFL i think we've got a long way still to find that out the ravens are right in this game by no means Hasn't been overly dominant, Um, but they haven't been, you know, too troubled either. But it just, one of those things, like, this is still the best quarterback in the NFL. Like, like Patrick Mahomes really is. I don't care uh, that his stats or numbers or there was more interceptions or this or that. He's still the best quarterback in the NFL. And uh, today, it just feels like a, a situation of, and again, this is the Chiefs against the Ravens. Let's not turn this into Lamar versus Patrick. But it does feel like a you come at the king, you best not miss type of yeah. comment. Like yeah. it really does. <laughs> like you gonna try and knock me off? You better be darn good because I'm 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 ready for it. I I I'm you. ready for
0: whatever you're gonna throw at me. So I, I tweeted out uh, right right after Mahomes scored that touchdown. I was like, yeah, he told Lamar that that MVP trophy is cute. Which which touchdown? The first one. Or the, <laughs> the, one? the first the one. one. Yeah, a couple of them.
3: Yeah, you, we, had, we are so deep in this game, we have to determine which one by the way we are uh into the second quarter in that game Uh, again if you're looking for it w-a-o-k or the odyssey app so all right dom like here's the situation and and if you're listening look you call me out if you want to call me out and that's totally fine because i'm going to ask questions about maybe it is my fault feel free to call me out if you want to do so uh at Abe Gordon on Twitter slash X. Feel feel free to yell at me. That's totally fine. Totally understanding. Open to it. But earlier this week, and I don't want to use any names. Some people may know some of the, the, the references here. Right, right. I, I'm not going to use any names. We're going to keep it general and nonspecific. But earlier this week, I went to congratulate someone on a life accomplishment. It was a promotion. I thought it was a significant one. It happened a little while ago. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen the person since. Right. Had, you know I sent a congratulatory text, but that's not enough. I'm, I'm a fan of looking someone in the eyes and giving them the in-person Absolutely. Uh, the in-person attaboy, yeah. I- if you will. and so I went in for like a good, proper, firm handshake. I thought the okay. occasion called for it. OK, Th- this is more than just like a hey, nice to see ya. a genuinely happy and pleased for this person. And I wanted to express that um, in the way that I could. And I thought that would be through a handshake. So I I get responded to with the motion for fist bump. You could see it coming a mile away. And uh, there was no point where he considered Changing. opening the hand and <laughs> rotating into a handshake. It was going to stay as a fist bump. I'm like, OK. Oh, okay. Like I'll be honest. I'll be honest, guys. It felt too casual. It felt too casual for for the moment. And I'm just trying to decide if, like I'm stuck up in some manner that I'm like, like, I don't know. we're we're gonna we're gonna continue through this because <laughs> i want I genuinely right. wanted to <clears throat> express my joy and excitement for a friend about something good that they had worked hard for, and that they deserved. And a fist bump, like, it just didn't quite cut it for me. Mm-hmm. So is this just a me thing? Is this an overreaction? And and look, to be fair, I, I am generally kind of old school when it comes to manners and etiquette and all yeah. that stuff. I am mm-hmm. traditional. Um, you know, some things I don't pay attention to, like, I- I've never been like, you don't wear hats in the house. Like I whatever. Right. Like okay. Mm-hmm. I mean I wore a hat out to eat, so like I'm not going to take it off at the restaurant. <laughs> right. Some things I'm not like old school about. I'll, I'll ride ride with it. Um but some things I am. Like for me, if I'm being introduced or meeting someone, I am stand up out of my chair, look them in the eye, handshake. Right. Like I I give a proper uh, a proper meeting. Now, if it's a buddy that comes in and I say you know, that I'm invited over and come there, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to stand up for every, you know, every Yeah, but not like, everyone. Yeah. If I'm being introduced to someone or I'm meeting someone for the first time, whatever, I- I'll stand up and say, hello, good to see you, nice to meet you, that sort of thing. I'm mean, just just trying to, like, whatever. And then uh, a couple of other things. I'm not against the idea of a fist bump, right? Like, generally, I I'm, I'm pound it, sure, yeah, same. whatever. You want to explode it? You want to do like an octopus thing? (laughs) Do whatever you want to do on the back end of your fist bump. But I'm cool with a fist bump. I probably fist bumped you when you came in. Dylan Matthews popped in earlier today. Every time Dylan's saying goodbye, every single weekday, way after he should have left the building, Mm. but every time he says goodbye, (laughs) we pound it, he walks out, let's go, not a problem, okay? So it's not that the fist bump isn't something I'm accustomed to or okay with, but... It's not as formal a message as a handshake. And I thought the moment called for a handshake. So now I have to ask you, Dom, is this a generational thing? Like, am I at the point now where, like, no longer understanding of social norms? Not that I ever was to begin with. But, like, (laughs) do other people view, like, a good, solid fist bump the way I view, like, a proper firm
0: Look you in your eye, handshake. No, I, I don't. I don't. Me personally, I wouldn't do that. Especially like in the instances that you've given, where like you're being introduced to someone, or like in that instance where like it's a congratulatory thing. Like now, the one thing that I will say, if it's a congr- congratulatory thing and it's someone that like I know and have a relationship with, I'm probably not giving them a handshake. Like I'm coming in for like dap and like bro hug. That's me. I I don't think people
3: would appreciate me bro hugging. I, I don't. Okay. I'm not sure. Uh, look, you can bro hug me if that makes you feel. Comfortable yeah, but like, <laughs> even even. Uh, all right, so so now we got a couple of things involved yeah. here because the bro hug does involve a modified handshake. Yes, because it does. you're at yes. you're at a different angle mm-hmm. and a different firmness and a different part of your but also your what palm, I like about Whatever. That. You know, we all know what the bro hug is—the one arm. and, but and, I like and that. the front side. But like, so that's a different. But so uh, a handshake's not possible yeah. there. Yeah. Although. And this has happened to all of us. We go in for the handshake and get pulled into the bro hug. Yes. But the handshake is still being held. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awkward. Yes, And so if you want to avoid that, then I would say avoid that at all costs. Yes, yes.
0: That's the worst case scenario.
3: I'm just trying to decide if this is a me thing, if this is the other person thing, or it's just simply something that happened
0: and I'm overreacting to it. I think it may be an instance of like it was just that one thing. But, like, I do get the point where you're saying we're like, hey, man, like, a, like, I'm congratulating you for something. A, a fist bump kind of seems – that'd be like, like if, if Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey went out and won the Super Bowl and they just went up and just, like, did a cool little fist bump instead of, like, oh, my God, like oh, – like, it would feel a little weird. All right, so – because I have to – now that you
3: mentioned Mahomes and Kelsey, because it – here's the thing. Travis Kelsey is the sort of bro – True. Yeah, that, that actually would fist bump yeah. for like very important moments. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's fair.
3: If all right, so if Patrick, I know Patrick Mahomes and his wife Brittany already have some children. Yeah. If it came out and Mahomes found out they were having twins, and he goes up to Travis Kelsey and said, "Travis, got some great news earlier today, man. Me and Brittany we're adding to the family. We're having twins." Yeah. Kelsey is responding with a nice bro. In a yeah. fist bump. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice, bro. Nice fist bump. But if we were the other way around, right? If Travis Kelsey goes uh, up to Mahomes yeah. and says, "Hey, man, like I, I, I didn't even know this was gonna happen, but last night I asked Taylor Swift to marry me, and she said yes." Like Mahomes is like, "Bro, are you serious? Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's yeah. a handshake." Into a bro hug, yes, probably,
0: absolutely, right, absolutely.
3: So you can already see, like there, there are instances where guys cooler than me can use the fist bump in <laughs> yeah, the same manner the I same would manner. use the handshake. Absolutely, I'm not very high on the cool scale. <laughs> I don't know where Travis Kelsey ranks up there, but yeah. I'm a couple notches below. I can't do the fist bump as like a real
0: thing. As a real, yeah, yeah. And
3: I, I look. By the way, I hand out more fist bumps than I do handshakes. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. You guys tell me. Uh, uh, handshake, fist bump, Do uh, they mean the same thing to you. They don't to me. They, yeah, I, I, I just, do agree. They don't also, mean the same thing. But but here's the other risk. Here's the other thing. Sometimes you'd be looked down upon because you had a bad handshake. Whereas yes. you could have just – there are no bad
0: fist bumps. I mean, unless, unless your, your trailer aim is really, hits really awful. If you just totally miss the fist. Or, or you trailer hitch hit. it. that Yes. You can't trailer hitch yeah. <laughs>
3: it. If one of you goes in for a handshake and the other yes. goes for a fist bump, no matter what the other person does, you hold the line. You do not switch. <laughs> you don't switch. You make them trailer <laughs> hitch. If you go in for the fist bump and they go handshake, just hold the fist there. Because the worst. Keep, be, you can't trailer hitch it. You switch, they switch, and now you're say, trailer now both
0: hitching. both switch. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, can't do that. Hold the line, pull back for a moment, if we're being honest. Pull back and let them readjust. And if they still go in with the handshake, you're like, I, I would call them out. Like, really? Because I'm not changing. You still, you still want a handshake, or you, you want to switch? Good, we'll switch to we'll a bump. Good, yeah, good, you put good. them on that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> M- make them, make them make that decision. All right. When we come back here, we are going to go outside the perimeter. That's the part of the show when I have the top national sports stories, headlines, and topics. Obviously, we'll get you one more update as we continue on the AFC title game. But we've got a bunch of other stories that are interested. There's still two jobs in the NFL that remain open. There's a lot of good candidates, and some of them are going to be on the sidelines. So let's go figure that out. That's what's coming up next year on the APL Show when we go outside the perimeter. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app.